going on everybody this is drew here i want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of phoenix down this is phoenix down episode number 68.1 and we're continuing our playthrough of final fantasy 12 the zodiac age today i have with me matt quinn hello hello yeah so we're uh we're continuing um our playthrough uh the first time playing through this game i have to say when i told people to please send emails Holy crap. <laughs> Did we get some emails? I think we have like five emails. Oh, nice. This week. Um, it's kind of crazy. So, uh, yeah. So when you were listening to this podcast, you're going to think, man, Drew didn't play much of this game at all, but I kind of tried to. Uh, I was going to put in a lot of time today, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Um, so I, we will talk to how far I made it, which some things happened. Uh, Matt alluded to them in the last episode. Yeah, spoiler, Spo- early spoiler, early spoiler. <laughs> um, so the last thing we did, uh, Vaughn, Balthier, and um, Fron find themselves locked up in a dungeon, and it's it's outside of um, Damascus, right? Or is it, or it's in Damascus, it's outside of, um, uh, Rabinaster. Yeah. Uh, after they got caught. Uh, the big thing is here is that while they're trying to escape, they're also being pursued by, uh, these bounty hunters looking for Bothier. Uh, I can't remember that guy's name. He's one of the lizard dudes. Uh, he's got a big bounty on Bothier. Um, but uh the Imperials step in and are like, all right, well, we got bigger fish to fry. We know they're here. We don't need your services anymore. <laughs> Before getting the payout. Yeah. And they're like, well, this is bull crap. We're still going to go get him. So we have to worry about Imperials as we're trying to escape the prison. Um, along the way... As we are uh, trekking through the prison trying to find a way out, we run into a familiar face uh, inside of a um, inside of a, a cage being suspended in the air. Um, before we run into him, we get a cutscene with this character, uh, Bosch, the Captain Bosch von Rosenberg, I believe is his full name. Yep, yep, that certainly is it. And whenever I see those cages, it immediately makes me think of is it Willow? Yes, Willow. They put the uh they put the Val Kilmer and uh yep. and Warwick Davis in those little um <laughs> in those cages. I forgot about that. Wow. I haven't thought of Willow in a while, even though we mentioned it on N four G podcast and well, you know. 
I want to rewatch that because it has yeah, been me too. so long since I've watched Willow. All those big 80s movies. I've had – actually, the movie Krull has come up like three times. Well, yes, maybe once. But it's come up in the last week or two. And I know for a fact I've never seen that movie all the way through. I need to see it. Such a cool cover. It's, it, it's such a, a bad first ten minutes. I was about I, to say it's it's a cool cover. It's a cool premise. Execution, not so much. Yeah, that's probably why I never made it through it. Uh, yeah. Um, funny enough, I've went back. Laura and I went back and watched a few things. So we watched Jurassic Park uh, because the new Jurassic World was out. Um, yep. Still a fantastic movie. Yep. Still uh, really well done. Yeah. The Lost World. We watched The Lost World. I don't like that movie. I really dislike that movie. I'm really torn on that movie. I don't like it at all. It was borderline boring. Yeah. There are there are moments in that movie I really like, though. I like how much more interaction there is between the people and the dinosaurs. I like the... The moment when they're dangling off the edge of the cliff. I like the high hide. I like Jeff Goldblum. I don't know. Jeff Goldblum is the best part of that movie. I feel like that movie, in essence, jumped the shark majorly. And all the other characters besides Jeff Goldblum, I could not stand. I didn't like his daughter. I didn't like his girlfriend. (laughs) I didn't like Vince Vaughn. I definitely didn't like Vince Vaughn and Jeff Goldblum's oh – what's her name? Um, she played Clarice in the Hannibal movie. What's her name? Uh, not Jodie Foster. Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. I hated the fact that they were so focused on saving the, the dinosaurs. I just wanted the dinosaurs to rip them apart <laughs> just so they'd be like, screw these animals. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I just I could not stand that. I like, and that's what I loved about it, going to video games. Dead Rising Two, Dead Rising Two, Chuck Green was on a game show killing zombies so he could make money to save his daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And it was all disrupted because of an activist group who was about zombie rights. Guess what happens to that entire activist group? They get eaten by zombies. Because that's what they're supposed to. Did you see Jurassic World? I have not seen Jurassic World. I have not seen Jurassic World or the second Jurassic World. Uh, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, Fallen Kingdom. It's uh, To me, it's the most different of any of the Jurassic movies. Mm. Uh, the other movie, uh, Blast from the Past, for me, and I still enjoy this movie. People kind of boo it now, but The Mummy with Brendan Fraser... Oh yeah, <laughs> we re- rewatched that. That's a fun action movie. It's got every trope imaginable. It's it's kind of dumb, but I just really like that movie. And they what remade it with The Rock, or it's a sequel with The Rock, or the sequel is called The Scorpion King, um, or yeah. or Curse of the Scorpion King. No, 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 no. Excuse me. The Scorpion King was a villain in one of the Mummy movies, but then they made a spinoff that was all about the Scorpion King back in the old days. 
And then they made a third movie. I can't remember if the Scorpion King was in the second movie or not. Because the second movie was about the princess wanting to resurrect uh, the mummy, basically. But I think the Scorpion King had something to do with it in that movie. And then the second movie had Jet Li, I think. And it was had to do with uh, mummies or, or the undead in China. It was bad. They replaced Rachel Wise <laughs> with uh, another actress in the third movie, and I don't really like that one. The second one I thought was okay. Yeah, and now they've remade it with Tom Cruise. They well, they tried to. So they they made the Mummy with Tom Cruise. This was supposed to be the first out of many movies. Um, all of which was supposed to be like an Avengers type thing. So you had the mummy and then at the end of that movie you had, I believe, Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll and he was supposed to be like getting Tom Cruise who's now, spoilers, infected with the, the mummy virus or whatever, the curse of the mummy. And like they have like Frankenstein and I think like Dracula. Yeah. It was supposed to be like a culmination of a bunch of like the universal monsters. But because the mummy was so bad, they decided we're not going to go in this direction anymore. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, because I love the idea of that. I mean, who doesn't love Monster Squad? That's a great movie. They should just remake Monster Squad. Yeah. Or just re-release it. We don't need to remake stuff anymore. Although, who the hell's ever watched Monster Squad besides me and you? <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's like... <laughs> oh, we had this discussion before. Yeah. No, that's, that's a fun movie. That's a real fun movie. That's like those 80s kids movies that were technically yep. not for kids, but they had enough goofiness in them for kids. And usually starred kids. And it usually starred kids. Like, The Lost Boys was a rated R movie. But I remember seeing that when I was a kid. Because it was like kids fighting vampires. You know? Yeah. At the same I was, time. I wasn't not going to watch that. I mean, yeah. it's a premise I'll see no matter what the rating is. Exactly. They had fucking super soakers with holy water in them. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway. Yeah, so back to Final Fantasy twelve. <laughs> yeah, that's a willow tangent. That's a willow tangent that ended up in universal monster movies. <laughs> um Yeah, uh we are trying to escape. We ran into Bosch. Yeah, oh because of the because of the cages. That's right. The cages. Bosch is in a cage. We have a cutscene with uh, one of the judges talking to him, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and um, they leave him, and we then show up. He's there, and of course, Vaughn sees him and is like, oh, we thought you were executed. You killed my brother. And he's like, that's not how it went down, but you're not going to listen to me. And yeah, nobody – Bosch takes a lot of shit in the next couple hours of this game. He does, even if he, even after he explains what happened. And I guess because, ah, likely story. Yeah. So, 
Against our better judgment, we release Bosch. And by release, we send his cage flying down to the bottom of this pit. And then ride it. And then ride it because we're getting chased. <laughs> um, and we're kind of forced to bring him along. Um, is it here where he explains what happened? Or is it later on? I think he kind of does a little bit a couple of times because initially here Vaughn jumps on the cage and starts yelling at him. And, you know, he starts protesting and saying, look, you know, I, you don't get it. That's not what happened. I think he does talk to them a little bit at the bottom because Vaughn tries he, to beat him on like beat him up. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he tries to explain to him. So I guess we should go ahead and just explain what happened as far as what Bosch is telling everybody. What we saw in that cutscene at the very beginning of the game with the king dying and uh, Vaughn's brother, uh, Wreck, dying isn't necessarily the truth. And that cutscene that they showed was highly confusing to me. The one in the beginning? No, no, no. Or the one right here? The where... one trying to explain what happened. Yeah. Because I was like, what? I don't... I don't... And then it, and then the cutscene, like, it's like a flashback of what happened. And then it cuts to, uh, Bosch in, you know, in present day saying, yeah, it was, it was my brother. Or it wasn't even him saying that. It was Balthier saying, so there, you have a twin brother. <laughs> and I was like, what? Where'd you get that? Yeah. It's not like anyone else was watching this. <laughs> exactly. And I was just like, why didn't he, why wasn't there exposition during the cutscene saying it actually wasn't me? It was my twin brother that nobody knew I had. Yeah. A little confusing. Also a little bit of a easy out. Oh, that's the thing. That's why everybody's saying, yeah, likely story. You got a twin brother running around somewhere. Yeah. So, which I'm sure he does because he, I don't think he's telling, I don't think he's lying. You know, it's, it's it's just one of those. You could have explained this way easier. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't. You just kind of you have to accept that these kind of coincidences occur in in a game like this, in a universe like this. Yeah. So I, then I'm asking, well, was Bosch there? Was wait, did he get replaced at some time? Did somebody bonk him over the head, then drag him to a, an alley, and then replace him with his brother? I'm just like, like how do how does we even know? You know, I was like, there's no. Details, man. We need details. <laughs> and that's probably intentional, right? I'm sure it this is. This story's already changed in a major way and likely to change again, or at least motives. Yeah. I don't know. It's just that, you know, I feel like that's just a really bad, like, way of telling a story. Yeah. Um,. But yeah, so we're we're still trying to traverse the the prison now with uh with Bosch in tow. Did you give him a class right here or did you wait? Uh I gave him one pretty early. I made him a foe breaker. That's what I made him. He seems like a guy who would carry a big axe. Oh yeah. I've got him carrying a, like a, a large um he can use uh, axes or uh hammers. Yep. He's using a giant hammer right now for me. Yeah, me too. A war hammer. Yeah, war hammer. Um, and that dude is like ultimate glass cannon for me. 
because he will he will straight up murder foes. At the same time, they will straight up murder him if he's not careful. Yeah, I've I've since I told you that well, how I had to get through a boss. I've upped all of my characters who can heal. I've upped their their threshold basically because initially I had it set to where if if I have a party member under thirty percent use a potion, but I, I kept immediately running out of potions. So now that they can cure, I've got I think at least three characters that can cure. I had to up it, so 30% was great so that I didn't lose my potions, except I still did, and used up all of my potions very quickly. But now that I'm curing, it's not even enough cures. I can't leave it at 30% or people die too quickly. So I had to up it to 50. I might even up it to like 70 for bosses now, so that whoever is healing is just constantly healing. So here's my question, because I have not delved, I still have yet to dive deep into the whole... I've I've done license board stuff and I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but at the same time, there's nodes on the license board that unlocks different types of spells. Correct. It unlocks the ability to buy and use that spell. Yes. I believe. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I, I say that to ask you this. So let's say I have two characters that can use cure. Do I have to purchase Cure once at a store or twice at a store? I think just once. Okay. Because I've never assigned a spell to somebody. It just shows up in their Gambit list as accessible once I've bought it. Okay. Now, see, that was was my big confusion there. And see, I went to a Gambit store and bought, like, all the Gambits and then realized I don't need all of this. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I bought like if my ally, if my ally is less than a hundred percent, less than ninety, eighty, seventy, sixty. I was like, I don't need all this. I just need probably seventy, fifty, and thirty. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's true now, but I do like how many gambits there are, so you can really customize it. Again, getting to some of the issues from previous unmentionable games, you know. Party members can be stupid, and I love how much control you get over how you assign your party members yeah. in this game. I, I do too. I, even I, if I won't use half of it or, or three quarters of it, even ever. Yeah, that's that's my biggest takeaway from that is like I have the option to completely nitpick if I want to. Um, but yeah, as far as the gambit system goes, I've delved a little deep into that. Um, but the license board, I just like, I guess I should take this one. I don't know. And, and then, you know, I use up 70, 70 LP and I was like, was that the right choice? I don't even, it's too late now. So, you know. Yeah. And I like that you haven't really missed those. Anything that you want to get, you know, it can always be the next thing you get. That's true. So I, I do like the fluidity of it there, but yeah, sometimes I do feel like I've wasted some. The bigger question is like, so you got like light armor one, two, three. I can go ahead and purchase Light Armor 3, but should I get two? Um, because yeah, if you have three available, usually you could just skip two and save the LP. I don't think there's really any reason to go back and get two unless – How long is it going to take it, me to buy you – know, to find and buy Light Armor 3? That's the problem. Yeah, there's that. I think another consideration is that at least I like the fact that it shows you which armors are associated with two. So you might find out that one of those armors has other characteristics that help your character for some reason. And, you know, so it might not just be, it's not just level one, level two, level three. It's each level has different 
armor that it's going to unlock. So you may need an armor, uh, you know, a level two armor. Yeah. So, so I, I, I like, I, I like most of this. It, it comes off a little awkward to me and a little bit random because you're sometimes I'm buying things just to unlock the just to see what's next on the board, not because I want it. Maybe paint yourself in a corner there. Yeah, I don't want to waste the LP, but also I have to find a way across the board, right? I want to keep unlocking things so that I can see what I want to buy. So if it's going to be something I don't really want, I'll make sure it's something that's going to single-handedly open maybe three or four or i guess three new spaces right but but i I do like the transparency i like that you get the cost i like that when you oh yeah i like that you get the cost before you have to pay it and i like the fact that when you know if it's spells three it shows you which spells you're going to get access to so that, that part of it i like yeah so far i have i don't think i've chose a character that uses spells that much that's the problem or I, I do now. I've got a good red mage. Who's your red mage? Uh, the princess. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. I haven't gave. I haven't given her a a class yet because I don't know what to go with. I want. I or no, I, I think she's the white mage. I think I made Penelo the red mage. Okay. I made Penelo the white mage. She's my healer. Um, yeah, for me, those two were interchangeable. I'm like, I, I don't really know which one should be white, which one should be red. Right. So, yeah, um, we continue through the uh, through the prison. Uh, there is a part of the prison where I, I, I... This is like one of the first Final Fantasies that I've ran into that have like weird small minigame objectives for each dungeon and I've played a lot of Final Fantasy games. <laughs> and this one has you doing, uh, keeping <laughs> the electricity, <laughs> having, having the lights on basically. Um, cause if you let the lights go out, this big bad monster comes and, and I, I it never happened, but I, I, I guess it just kills you. I don't know. Yeah. I never saw it. Is that what actually happens? I guess. I assumed it would just be more of a pain to walk around. Well, it could be that, or it could just be monster come and you can't ever beat it. Um, but yeah, so the point is, is that we're supposed to keep the, the lights on. And the problem is, is that, uh, in this dungeon, there are these little mimic monsters running around that sap the electricity out of the, out of the cables. And so when we go into a new area, it will tell us, hey, there are mimics sucking the energy out of the area. You need to kill them before they drain it all. And if you kill them in time, it restores some of the energy that they've stolen. Um, and there's this place is kind of big. This took a little while to get through. Yeah. So to me, at this point in the game, the one defining feature of this game is dungeons. And I, I feel like I've spent most of my time in dungeons, and the to break it up simply, I think the deserty dungeons I've actually enjoyed quite a bit. But there's a lot of these murky underground dark dungeons that are, for some reason, just much less exciting for me to traverse. Yeah, I, I don't know. Everything kind of looks the same. 
have I went down this corridor before, you know, there's the train tracks again. I don't know if I should follow them or go the opposite way. <laughs> it's, it's constantly like I, I got lost a couple of times here. Yeah, I, I do to reiterate something from the last recording. I do really think that the map is well done and essential for traversal in this game because I think you're right. The way it breaks up the world also into a lot of little chunks means that I, that I'm constantly like you know not that it takes more than like one second, but you're always exiting an area and loading into another area, so it can it's a bit disorienting. So always having that map sort of at the ready and like I'm in this new area alright I'm going to go left and then I'm going to go up and then I'm going to go over and that that's helped my area traversal quite a bit yeah that that camera is still annoying though yeah that camera is too tight and too I don't know janky yeah <laughs> one's false move and the camera's right on Vaughn's head yeah, I feel like I'm just staring at the ground. Yeah, I'm staring at the ground half the time, and I was like, oh, this is just bad. But I can get through that, not a problem. So yeah. going through this dungeon, uh, we we finally make it out. Uh, we get to a large area, and we have our boss fight, as we always do with a giant mimic, which I should say these mimics mimic, you know, like your standard Dungeons & Dragons mimic, which is a treasure chest that... M- it mimics a treasure chest, but then turns into a monster and tries to kill you. Uh, this is a giant one, and the mimics in this game look like spiders. Yeah. So it's like these large spiders. So we got this giant mother mimic who keeps spawning other smaller mimics that are draining the energy. So you have to... Uh, either you can focus the, the boss, or you can take out its minions that are sapping the energy. I just focused on the boss and just took it out. Yeah, I I did too. I the little little guys took so little time to kill. I, I think I did actually take them out first, but I just did that myself, and the rest of my party was just focused on the main the boss. Right. I didn't think he was too hard. So at this point, I realized. That stealing in this game could really help me out. Yeah. So I set up a gambit for Bothier. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. I've been stealing whenever I get to a boss that's not like a typical character. Uh-huh. I will personally steal from them, but I really would like to set up a gambit. But I, my my hesitation there is I'm just not sure how gambits are ordered in terms of priority. Like, obviously, it goes top to bottom in priority. Yeah. But if I put steal from an enemy, is it just going to keep doing that gambit over and over until the end of the battle? (laughs) Or is it going to do it once? Or how does it know when to go to the second one? Like, it makes sense to me if I say heal any characters that are less than 30%, say. Yeah. Well, I can actually help you with that. Yeah. Because I set up that gambit perfectly like that. So I have Balthier to steal, right? I have Balthier to steal only when an enemy is at 100% health. Any lower than that, he attacks. Mm. So that's what keeps me from having him steal constantly. Yeah. 
I guess I, I would want 90% though. What if somebody else gets a hit in before he targets him? That's true, but usually Balthier gets a steal in faster than anybody else. Um, you could set it at 90%. I had to just set it at 100% because the last thing I want him to do is steal, is steal twice during a boss fight yeah. when, when that's not needed. So I just, um, I set up because I originally had it set up to nearest foe steal, and that's all he did the entire fight was steal, <laughs> steal, steal. And I was like, all right, this is not helping. So I looked and I was like, how do I fix this? And I looked and I was like, can I just change it from any enemy to when the foe is at 100% health or higher? Sure enough. See, I think that's what I love about a game system because it it's clear enough so that when you see him in battle stealing the whole time, it's pretty obvious why. Because you didn't set any parameter by which he would stop stealing. Yeah, you just told him to steal every time. Yeah, so of course he's going to do that. So I kind of I kind of love that level of control where it, you can easily mess it up, but it's clear that you messed it up. It's not the game being broken or characters being stupid. Yeah, it's you know it's the rules by by which you have you're having them operate, and they're just following the rules. So. I don't know. I, I haven't done a ton with the gambits yet. I've set them up for everybody, but they're all simple. It's basically do something until an enemy gets to fifty percent, and then you know, and then just attack the rest of the way. Right. But but I I can really see getting into that the more the game goes on. I guess one other question I have there is I wish that I could save presets. Do you know if you can save presets of gambits? That I don't know. Because if I could save so. a boss profile separate from a roaming around the universe profile, that would be even cooler. Because I would not I would hate to know that there's a boss coming up and then have to spend like a half an hour setting up gambits for all my characters before being able to fight them because I just wouldn't do that. It just takes too long. There may be an option there. I don't know. I haven't explored it enough. But what you just said, like having presets for different types of gambits – Sounds exactly like the paradigm shifts from Final Fantasy Thirteen. Yeah, uh, did you play Thirteen? Yeah, not enough of it, but I, I loved what I played. Yeah, Thirteen, and I had, did like it, that same part of it. Yeah, a really cool paradigm shift thing where you could change basically the class or, or change what a person, a party member does during a battle, and you could change them on the fly while, while the battles is going on. Yep, and that's that was, why Final Fantasy Thirteen has some of my favorite RPG battles ever. Wow. They, they got they got tense to me, like having to change those things mid battle. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean that. I'm not sure I was real good at it, but I, I love the fact that I felt like I had to do that and I had to do it well to win. Yeah. That was that was very cool. I actually really like that about Final Fantasy 13. 13 gets a lot of crap that I don't think it should. I I, yeah. I really don't think it it got it it shouldn't have got all that hate. I didn't get to the part where it opens up either, and that's what I want to do. That's West for the best part. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you missed that. Or I, I, I guess I don't know. I, I assume because that's what I've heard. I just haven't made it there. That's, yeah, when you get to uh, when you get to Grand Pulse, man, that's that's when the game gets good. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, I had this boss fight with the uh, with the mimic, I beat it, and. Um, we were able to escape the prison through a back exit. Um, and we said, all right, well, we need to go back to Ravenaster to, to, I guess, regroup. 
and um, as we make it back to Rabinaster, which we have to travel there, we're in the Esther Sands, I think. Um, did you walk all the way there? I did. Uh, because pretty quickly you hit one of the orange save crystals, which lets you teleport. So from an orange, so you can teleport for free from an orange to an orange. You can go orange to orange. It takes one teleport stone. Oh, see, I don't have that many of those. Yeah, I only had two, and I wasn't going to use it. And then I said, "Well, I feel like I'm far away from Rabinaster. If I don't use it now, I'll, I'll never use these stones." So I gave it a try. It works like you would expect. <laughs> yeah, nah, I haven't used any of those yet because I mean, it was like it was like three screens. And all the enemies there were like wolves that I'm killing in one hit. Yeah. So it didn't bother me. So, um, make it back to Rabinaster. Uh, Balthier and Fran are like, okay, we're going to stay in town for a little while. We'll see you later. And, uh, Vaughn's all about, I want to go find Pinello. Uh, Bosch, I can't remember what he does. He, he He's a fugitive and he obviously doesn't want to show himself that much. So I guess he just kind of just lays low. Yeah, I think that's all he's doing at this point is hiding out, really. Right. So um, uh, we go to find Pinello. We go talk to uh, our boss, basically, which is running the the goods store, the general goods, I guess. Uh, and he's like, uh, or no, we're trying to find him. Uh, but nobody knows, we're trying to find her and nobody knows where she is. When we finally run into him, he tells us she's been kidnapped. They, they took her. And I was like, who took her? And it was like those bounty hunters that were looking for Bothier kidnapped her. And he's like, oh god, we gotta go get her. And where'd they take her? They took her to the Sky City. How do you pronounce this? Cause I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Bujerba? Bujerba. It's it's like <laughs> that's a that's a name right there, man. Yeah. It, like I was like, how do you even read that? And they said it a couple times. Like I still don't know how to say that. But <laughs> um, so yeah, we uh, <laughs> we got to go there. So I was like, all right, well, we're gonna have to charter a plane. Guess who we know has a plane? Or well, I shouldn't say a plane, a a airship. airship. Uh, Balthier. So. Let's go talk to Balthier and see if he can take us to um, Belushila. Yeah, and it's basically like we can blame him a little bit for this because they left a note because they knew they were trying to um, draw Balthier out. And so they left a little note for him when they took Pinello. That's right, yeah. So uh, we go to the to the tavern and talk to him. And he's like, look, man, I don't want to get involved in this crap. And he's like, well, you kind of have to because you're the reason why she got kidnapped. Also, he says, I'll give you the magicite if you just help. <laughs> yeah, so I'll give you the stone if you help me get my friend back. And he's like, all right, fine. And as we're getting ready to leave, Bosch is like, uh-uh, I'm coming with you. So Bosch officially joins the party. He was just a guest. I think this is where I turned him into a foe breaker. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I guess the, I don't know if I could have done that before. Right here, I think you could, you couldn't do it before. You can't do anything yeah. with a guest. You can't change yeah. their gambits though. And you can heal them and yeah. So we uh, 
we go to uh, the, I guess, airport. I don't know. It's, it's a it's an aero station. I think it's what's called the aerodrome. Aerodrome. And uh, we board. Um, what is his? What's, it, what's his airship's name? Yeah, I I wrote this down somewhere because initially I thought he said like meet at the aerodrome. So in my mind, I thought that was the name of his ship. Right. Let me look uh, it up. Definitely wasn't. Bothier Air Ship. Bam. The Strahl. S-T-R-A-H-L. You hear me? Yep. Okay. Sounds Xenogears-esque. Yeah, the Strahl. Anyway. Uh, yeah. And uh, we take off to the um, to the Sky City. Um, when we arrive, we find that we, well, we know that they're in. Um, they took her to the mines on uh, that where they uh, mine ore and stuff. Yeah, on the Lusu mines, yeah, the Lusu mines, and that's where they're keeping her. To which uh, we then get a cutscene of her with her captors and uh she's like look i don't know the guy i met him that one time and he's like no you do you just you, you just covering for him yeah because then they say oh we just got a report that he left and he's on his way here yeah met him one time in my ass basically <laughs> yeah and i'm just like wow she just can't win for losing yeah so uh so we make it to um make it to the uh, aerodrome there leave and we head for the mines uh, going uh, on our way to the mines we run into what I thought was a young girl yep um, <laughs> who uh, wants to accompany us, accompany us into the mines for reasons unknown uh, what did he say his name was originally Lamont Lamont yeah uh, Lamont wants to join us, so he joins as a guest, and uh, we go into my Lamont. That guy can keep people alive. Yeah, I also loaded up on licenses and weapons and armor and stuff as soon as we hit the new shop in Bujerba. So I, yeah, it was good to have Lamont in the group, and also my characters all took a nice step forward right there. So I tried to do that. The unfortunate thing is, is that I purchased something that was really expensive. And I don't know if it was a good idea to purchase it or not. So, you know, when you sell stuff in the, in, at certain places, it pops up saying that there's new stuff in the bazaar. Yep. Well, there was this thing. That appeared in the bazaar called the Hidden Grimoire. And I was like, what is this? Why is it 19,000 gil? And I said, there has to be something special about this thing, right? You bought it? I saved up my gil and bought it. Huh. I didn't, I've never even seen it, but man, I, my shitty purchases are, are things that I've bought that I, can't use for some reason or don't know how to use like i what? never even saw a grimoire 
Uh, I've had lots of silly little things. Like I bought a an axe for Bosch and couldn't equip it for some reason. I, don't, I just don't think I had unlocked it. Though I could have swore I have unlocked the required license for it. And then separately, I bought a nice crossbow for Balthier. Well, I guess just a basic crossbow, not even a really nice one. But I, and then I like left to go on into the next dungeon, but I didn't realize you also had to equip bolts in this offhand. Yeah. Or else you can't even equip the crossbow. So, you know, I, I bought things that I haven't really been able to take advantage of when I wanted to. And then by the time I did, you know, he was leveled up to the point where I'm looking at the next thing and not, you know, the crossbow is already uh, outli- outlived its usefulness, basically. So you've got um, Balthier as a gun user? Uh, I've got him as a time mage. What kind of weapons do they use? Crossbows. So they use crossbows? Okay. I, is is crossbows different from guns? I, yeah, I think so. Okay. So yeah, I, I haven't even paid attention to any of that stuff. So I have I have no mages in my party for like this entire play session. Uh, it's all just like physical attacks. I've got a knight. I've got a thief. I can't remember. You, you, I got a Yulon, the, the, the spear using person. And then I've got a guy that uses a freaking axe or a, or a hammer. So we're all just like piling on guys, just hitting them with stuff. Um, but yeah, um, crap. What were we saying? Yeah. I bought the at Grimoire. It was when you. Buy, it's called a forgotten grimoire, but when you buy it, it turns into something else. It turns into a. a it gave it a name. It's like a, I think it's called the Knight's Grimoire or something like that. Mm. And uh, it says um, something about. I think you get better loot drops from uh, certain types of enemies. I think this one was like giants and insects. And I was like, okay, huh. when the hell am I ever going to run into those? Um, is this something you hold in the offhand? No, this is this is something in my key items. Oh, so you don't have, even have to equip it? No, I think this is like I think this is just like a, a passive buff that like has better stuff to drop when you kill stuff. So maybe it's maybe it's like a secret thing that allows you to maybe craft better items, like you know. Dare I say ultimate weapons? I don't think I've got anything that allows me to do ultimate weapons this early in the game. But maybe it's one of those that's necessary. I don't know. Yeah, step one. Yeah. So, um, Is there much crafting in this game? I don't know. A thing. lot of the items seem to... Their description says something about is often used to make X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But I'm just selling it all because I need the money. So <laughs> I hope I don't need the stuff later. Well, that's the thing is like when you sell stuff, it opens up stuff in the bazaar, like, you know, uh, tufts of Phoenix Downs. If you sell certain uh, um, feathers or something like that, it's, it's weird because there's a ton of different combinations. If you sell the stuff at that one time, it then adds a, an item to the bazaar that's like multiple potions or uh, uh, different types of armors and stuff like that. So it's weird. It's like you sell stuff and then you can purchase a package of stuff. Yeah. And I don't it's know. It's like, it's almost like building up trust with the vendor. 
And the problem is, is like, I don't know the combinations. I'm sure you can look it up in a fact or something like that, but I don't know any of the combinations that, that result in what shows up in the bazaar. I have no idea what I sold to make that grimoire show up. Yeah, it just popped. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just sold everything that was in, that was in my inventory. You know? And yeah, I, n- I never saw it, so I must not have sold the right stuff. I don't know. So, anyway, um, yeah, we'll make it to the mines. Uh, we go in with uh, with Lamont as a guest. And the mines, uh, I didn't find very difficult. Uh, I was running into, like, skeletons and bats yep. and stuff like that. Uh, there was a few sections where there were, um, like, bombs on, a on like, a bridge or something like that. They kept hurting me. Yeah, that, that's come up now three or four different places in this game. And I'm not sure. I, I desperately need the ability to detect them because when I'm deep into a dungeon and all of a sudden I hit a section with lots and lots of those kind of hidden bombs, they they drain my HP, which then drains all my magic users' MP to fill me back up. Right. That's the thing is I'm always full of MP. I have, uh, nobody, I have nobody using spells. I don't have anybody that can use spells. I have yeah. Fra- Fraun can use Cure. That's it. And I've fa- actually been buying all of the licenses that give you MP. So there's licenses that say, you know, every time you do damage, you get MP. Every time you take damage, every time you finish off an enemy. all of I've, I'm trying to buy all of those for my magic characters. Right. Oh, so that's the thing. I, like, I don't... So far, I've the license boards have been either uh, a better license for armor, better license for um, accessories or equi- equipment stuff, or higher hit points, higher maximum hit points. Some of those are big jumps too, like a hundred and ninety. Yeah, hit my, points. Yeah, like right now, Vaughn, like from where I ended my play session, this recording, Vaughn is at like seven hundred hit points. Yeah. He's 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 like a tank now, and he's a freaking thief. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, do we have a boss fight in the mines? I don't think we do. We just got to get to a certain part and trigger a cutscene. Yeah, this is when the bounty hunters show up, and we just run. Yeah, so we well, it- maybe maybe you can fight them. I certainly couldn't. No, no, I ran from those guys. Once one of my guys died, I'm like, okay, time to run. Um, so, um, we make it to this large area and Lamont mentions, we found what he was looking for in these mines, which is like, um, I can't remember what he called it, but it was like the essence of, of magical energy. Yeah. The nethesite. Yeah. And, uh, it's being smuggled and we found, and this is where they find it. I don't know what it is, if it's like some type of a drug or if they're making people more powerful and he's worried about it. I don't know what. He didn't really go into detail. But while we're while we're having this cutscene talking to him, the bounty hunters show up. And Vaughn's like, What'd you do with Pinello? And he's like, We let her go. She's uh she's gone. I'm like, why? He's like, Because we've already hooked the fish. Why do we need to keep the bait? <laughs> And so they start attacking us, and we run. We have to, because I can't beat these guys. Yeah. And we had to run all the way through the mine again, the way we came, Um, which I didn't find very difficult. 
it was just run. So how does the fleeing thing work? Because I still, yeah, I still don't know. Sure. I don't I, know. I will hold down that trigger and it will say fleeing forever. And I still got guys behind me. Yeah, and they kept catching me too. Yeah, and they keep catching <laughs> I had to me. to dodge them a bit. Yeah, and I was just like, this is, like, does this even work? Am I doing it right? So, I don't know. Uh, make it through that. They, they give up the, the pursuit. Um, and Lamont has ran off past us. We make it outside of the mine, and this is where we see another cutscene. Um, Pinello is there, and along with, uh, some of the Imperials, um, and Lamont is talking to them. And the Imperials want to take her in. And he's like, no, you're not going to take her in. She's coming with me. And she's going to be under, under the, the, the protection of me, who we then is revealed a little bit later on. We find out that this Lamont is actually not Lamont. He's actually a very important person. He is the younger brother of what we think may be the villain of the game. Uh, Vane, the the pretty. I mean that that name pretty much. <laughs> Vane, pretty on point too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What was Vane's brother's name? What's this kid's name? Uh, yeah. shit. Yeah, what is his real name? I, it's it's oh, it's like a fancy name. Hang on, I'll just Google search Vane's brother. Vane's brother. I still have him on my notes as Lamont. <laughs> we did miss that scene, or we didn't talk about that scene. My fa- One of my favorite scenes of the game is when we're trying to find Pinello, and we end up taking the sword over to another place in Lowtown, and we end up um, kind of walking into the middle of a resistance meeting. It looks like. Yeah, that's where we run into um, run into Bosch. Yeah, and then Bosch shows up, and and basically he was a part of them, but they don't trust him now. And uh, I loved all the dialogue in that section, and I loved his kind of role of being rejected from every you know everyone. Nobody really believes him, and. uh yeah, I, I love that line that I tweeted when he's like, yeah, I, I know something of cages, so <laughs> just because you're not going to lock me up, uh, yeah, I I feel it. Yeah. So uh, Vane's brother, Lamont's real name is Larsa Ferenius Solidor? Yep, that would be why I didn't write it down. Larsa. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, Larsa, we get a cutscene a little bit later on where he's talking to Pinello and he's being very generous, very kind to her and very diplomatic. And he's talking about his brother as being obviously kind of like the mayor of Damascus and, um, or the governor of Damascus. And, uh, she's like, I fear him. I was like, why do you fear him? He's not, 
He just wants what everybody else wants. He wants peace. And kind of reiterates what our thoughts may have been on him at the beginning, which was, I don't think this guy's a bad guy. Yeah, certainly his brother doesn't, but or his, his brother, but his brother wouldn't. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so it's still the jury's still out on him, I guess. Yeah. So we know where Pinello went. Uh, she is now in the the care of basically the Imperials, but not in any type of peril currently. So we need to... Was she beforehand, though? Because it kind of seemed like Larsa like, rescued her from the rest of the Imperials a bit. Yeah, that's kind of what it was, because Larsa was like kind of scolding them, like... Well, you're gonna arrest her for just wandering around, then you need to arrest me too, because that's what I was doing. Yeah. So, um, like, no, she's gonna come with me and she's gonna stay with me. So, the next thing, we cut back to Vaughn and his ragtag group, and they're like, okay, well, we know where she is, we just need to get an audience with Larsa. How do we do that? Well, let's start a big commotion. Eventually, they'll have to figure out what the hell's going on, and they'll say, bring them to me. So they incorporate Vaughn to start a commotion, and Vaughn, <laughs> Vaughn then proceeds to go around telling everybody that he is Bosch von Bossen, Vossenberg. Bosch von Rossenberg. <laughs> and, um, Not to be confused with Vossler. Yeah, no, no. Different thing altogether. Um, <laughs> and so we have another little mini game. This game loves their mini game things where we have to run around and talk to people or at least basically shout out, I'm Bosch and make sure that the guards don't hear us because then they'll bring our meter down for the rumors. Yep. I did that once. I had to start over. Yeah. I did that a few times and I was like, that guy couldn't hear me. But anyway, so we do that, and sure enough, we we get our um, we get our little um, our lands meet of sorts. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad that I hit 100 percent when I did because I don't think I had too many people left I could talk to. Oh uh, yeah, that was yeah that was the issue. I just ran around hitting that button. <laughs> But uh yeah, so we um we meet up with uh Larsa along with the I, I guess is the governor of this sky city. The Marquise. Uh, the Marquise. Yeah, who also is is a nice grey character, right? Like he's been covering for the resistance, feeding money to the resistance. Yeah. But is ostensibly uh, an imperial bad guy. He does. It's it's still he's very unclear to me. He hates. He doesn't like the resistance. Oh no, take that back. He dislikes the Imperials. He doesn't like what they've done. Came in and took took over everything. And he wants the resistance to win, but at the same time, he's a man of the law, and the law is now the Imperial regime. Yeah, that's what it comes off to me as. So we meet with both of them and we have our discussion of 
I don't really know what the discussion is. <laughs> Basically, I mean, what, what what is their end game here? To get Pinello back? I don't think they're really caring about that. No, they they say they need to rescue Amalia. Yeah, but why tell the Imperials that? They're the ones holding her. Yeah, I, I think they really only tell the Marquise, though, because they they think he's on their side because he's been funding resistance. But they don't meet. They don't meet with Larsa. They just meet with the Marquis. Uh, I don't know. I thought both of them were there. That's what I thought too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure both of them are. Well, regardless, doesn't really matter because uh, the Marquis like, look, you guys are technically criminals of the Imperials. I work for the Imperials now. I hate to do this, but we're going to turn you guys in. And so they turn us in. And it, uh, even that, like, is that part of a master plan? Like, is that rationale of you guys are bad guys? You know, you're resistant, so I have to turn you in. Is that true, or is that him? Because I, I think he agrees that they need to rescue Amalia because she's the rightful heir. And, or heiress. And is this part of a plan that he's got to help them? I'm not quite sure. Well, we don't know Amalia is the princess just yet. Or at least as the player, we don't know that. Yeah, we know she's the resistance leader. Yeah. Yeah. Bosch knows why. But he he's not telling anybody why. Um, so as Vaughn, through the eyes of Vaughn, who this game is following, he doesn't, he's none the wiser. He doesn't know. So we get turned into the Imperials. The Imperials then show up and put us on a very large airship and take us. I don't know where they're taking us. I guess to be executed. Who knows? So while we're on board this giant airship known as the Leviathan. Yeah, the Dreadnought Leviathan. We um we actually run into Amalia. Uh they bring us to see the captain of the the uh the Leviathan, which is uh a judge by the name of Gies. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I think so. G E I S G H I S. G G H I S, is that how it is? Yeah. I think okay. So. Uh, and he's there with Amalia, which is then revealed that that's not Amalia at all. That's a fake name. She is actually the princess of Dalmasca. The one who supposedly committed suicide? Yep. The one who supposedly committed suicide and also... Still hates Bosch. <laughs> yes. She is unaware of the whole thing with Bosch's brother, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, like, almost like he made it up. <laughs> I understand now. But yeah, so um, she is very upset with him uh, because of all of this. And he's like, look, I don't, I'm not going to explain myself. Like, we don't have time for this. Um, 
But there's another issue. Uh, he has one trick up his sleeve. He's got that ace in his pocket. Or his ace up his sleeve. Trick in his sleeve. All right, whatever. <laughs> He's got one thing that he that may be able to give him some leeway with geese. And that is, in order... I don't know what he needs to do, but in order to make sure that Princess Ash is who she says, says she is, we have to get a stone that resonates with her royal blood. And when it glows, we will know for certain if it's her. And he's like, and I am the only person that knows where it is. And then at that exact moment, for some odd reason, they're in handcuffs and Vaughn is holding this gigantic stone in his hand that starts glowing. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of pockets either. That's true. Has he just been carrying this in his hand the entire time? <laughs> so, yeah, explain, well, explains why he's so weak. Explains why he's stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, it, and he's like, oh, great. You I got your it. stones. Yeah. <laughs> I got your stones right here. <laughs> God. It always goes back to alone in the dark, doesn't it? It does. Uh, <laughs> pretty soon you're going to see Bosch with like a can of aerosol and a lighter. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> just so happens, uh, I can't remember what Bosch says. He's like, uh, fate smiles on us, but in the wrong direction or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, something I I like. Bosch is my favorite character, hands down, in this game. Bosch should have been the main character of this game. Yeah, that's what. It yeah, is. he he's the disgrace trying to get back on people's good graces. He doesn't have that whiny kid syndrome that Vaughn does. Well, now I'm starting to see what Jay was talking about, where he's like, everybody else in this game is more interesting than the main character. And I've always said I've always wanted to play an RPG where you weren't the chosen one, where you weren't. You know, the one who was destined to do all of this. Yeah. I want to play a every man doing, you know, just trying to help out. And that's basically what we get with Vaughn. He's, yeah. He's nothing special. He's just a street urchin. With so, a chip on his shoulder. With a chip on his shoulder. And a lot of gumption. So anyway, <laughs> you got Moxie, kid. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so Vaughn being the idiot he is, he has that stone. He just give it the, he has to give it to, to geese because what, what are they going to do? They're in chains. And he's like, well, thanks. You, um, you're an idiot. Uh, the only, uh, the only leeway we had is now gone. Take them away and, uh, make sure you put Ash in a different cell than the rest of them. So begins... Our next jailbreak. I'm starting to see a pattern here, Matt. Yeah. I, I'm sick of being locked up and then escaping. Yep. Uh, so There's a lot of judges, though, so it may happen a few more times. Oh, good. So, yeah. Uh, and, man, I hate those judges. So, <laughs> um, we're still in the airship being transported. And, uh, luckily... Balthier and Fran are able to overwhelm some of the guards, and we are out, and now we have to make it to Ash to rescue her. Isn't this, though, we, we specifically got help? We did. 
Wasn't this when we were? Was it when we were in the cell? We weren't in the cell. We were taking. We were being transported to our cells, and one of the so Balthier and Fran fight off some of the guys, and then another guy's about to attack us, and one of the other guys dressed as an Imperial Guard attacks him, and it's revealed yeah. to be Nolan North. <laughs> it's Nolan North voicing that guy. And he has been working with the Resistance as well as Princess Ash for a while, and he's like, I've been sent here to help you guys. Yeah, by the Marquise. Yeah, by the Marquise. So maybe he is playing the long game of, yeah, you need to rescue her. Why don't we get you captured? That way it's easier to rescue her. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so um, he's there with us. I can't what is his name? Is that Vossler? That's Vossler, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he joins as a guest and, uh, yeah, we have to traverse this giant Leviathan airship. Uh, there are tons of guards. There are tons of laser beams that if you trigger them, it sets off an alarm and a bunch of guards come and you have to fight them. This is a grind fest treasure trove here. Uh, which yep. I, I have done a little bit of grinding here, and I'm going to continue doing a little bit more grinding here because I'm about to get to the point where I had to stop. Are, is the point that you had to stop on the fight with the two judges? I beat that part. Okay. I, I, I am inside the cell. I got Ash, and now I have to leave. I'm making my final escape. That's where I, I stopped that. So did, did you also see that there was a merchant in one of the other cells? Yes. So that's okay. going to help me out a lot too. Yeah. So yeah. So needless to say, going through this little dungeon here, it's not a little dungeon. It's actually a big dungeon. Um, we make it to the cells where they're keeping Ash. We have a boss fight with two judges and a, what are they called? Magistrate? It's, it's like a, it's a mage kind of character. Yeah. Um, Bosch makes this off comment of take out the judges first and then yep. the rest will follow. Bosch is a liar. Yeah, that's also usually my opposite strategy. <laughs> yeah, no. You need to take out the mages and the other guys first because, man, they will whittle you down fast. Yeah. In this fight, I actually did just fight the judges, though. Yeah. Well... Which I, it probably was harder that way than it would have been. Normally I take out the little guys, you know, that's usually the better strategy. So we make it to the cell. We get Ash. She joins our party. We have our, what I understand is our final party member of the game. And we have to make our escape. Now I have attempted to make my escape about five <laughs> times. I have failed every time because there is a constant alarm going off. Uh, enemies constantly spawn in and try to attack you. And you can't necessarily run from them because then you just kite a whole bunch of enemies that are following you and slowly hitting you as you run. And I've gotten stuck here. So, and you haven't made it to the boss in this section. No, have I haven't even made it to the boss in this section. Please tell me there is a save crystal before the boss. I believe so, yeah. Good, because otherwise I'm screwed. So I haven't beat this part yet. Um, 
and I feel like I am doing something wrong, and I sure I'm sure I am. So uh, I'm going to do a little bit of grinding, and then try it again. But this is where we will leave off. So let's go through these emails that I got. We got a ton of them, and they're long. But you did leave off at a cliffhanger, right? It's a big daring escape off the Leviathan. Yeah, daring escape off the Leviathan. We got the princess in tow. We're we're, we're out of here. Uh, I'm sure that the boss fight is geese. Yep. So there you go. So our first email comes in from Chad. Chad says, "Sorry, I missed writing into the last show. Typically, I don't take the time." to write out a proper email and usually rush something by thumbing it out on my phone. However, I'm actually sitting in front of a keyboard this time, so it will be probably be a little longer than usual. First of all, I want to mention my history with this game. It is a little similar to Matt's history, but with a small twist. This was one of the last two games that I bought on the PS2 shortly before buying shortly after buying an Xbox 360. This game also happened to come out around the same time as the other of my favorite game series. I picked up Final Fantasy XII and Suikoden's V at the same time as they both released at the end of the PS2 life cycle. Although I love Suikoden V and eventually beat it about 10 years later, Final Fantasy XII was the game that won my interest at the time. Like Matt, I bought the Steel Case Collector's version uh, with the Brady's Game Collector's Strategy Guide that has an amazing 30-plus page art book in the back. Also, like Matt, I played through most of the game and got stuck at the Drac Lore Laboratory level. Uh, this means nothing to you right now and really isn't a spoiler, so don't worry about it. Uh, you are a long way off from getting there yet. Anyway, I remember taking a break from the game at the time until one day uh, there was a new Buffalo Wild Wings opening in town. They were advertising a year-long supply of free Buffalo Wings uh, for the first 30 customers to enter on opening day. So naturally, I decided to camp out in front of the restaurant from 8 p.m. to 10 a.m. the following day. Holy hell. <laughs> and before you judge me, there were way more than 30 people that camped out that night, <laughs> many of which were turned away the following morning. What does this have to do with Final Fantasy XII, you may ask? <laughs> well, at the time, I had created my own mobile gaming rig, which consisted of a battery pack about the size of Power Wheels batteries, a DC-AC converter box, a PS2 wow. Slim, and an early 2000s model of an Olympia iTrek head-mounted display. At the time, the iTrek uh, normally retailed at about $800 to $900, but I got one for about $200 on eBay from some dude in Japan. I shit you not, it looked like some kind of early Oasis model from Ready Player One. The whole rig uh, fit in a normal-sized backpack and weighed about 20 pounds. Uh, I could normally get about three hours of gameplay off a fully charged battery. Needless to say, I looked like a super cool guy. Kidding, of course. I decided that, uh, that, I decided that was the night I was going to have a 14 hour gaming marathon and only had to stop every few hours to recharge the battery through the cigarette lighter in my car. 
It only took about an hour to fully charge the battery, so it really was only about a eight, a ten to eleven hour gaming marathon inside outside of a Buffalo Wild Wings. I never touched the game again after I beat it that night. That was until last year when the Zodiac Age version released on the PS4. My best friend and I decided to pick it up, and we both beat last year, discussing the game on a weekly basis similar to you two. Mm, that's awesome. Although I enjoyed it even more the second time, I had no intention of playing it again until I heard you were playing it for Phoenix Down. So I decided to throw in, throw my hat in the ring again, but this time I'm pursuing the Platinum. I don't know if I'll get it, but it gives me something to shoot for, and I only need one more Platinum for my next $10 PSN credit. <laughs> Before I actually start talking about the game, I'll preface this, uh, my uh, diatribe by uh, first saying that I usually only talk about the things I like. This is mostly because I like to focus on the positive aspects of things, and that is the uh, way, and it is way, it is a way for me to naturally limit the length of my emails. To be completely honest, there are more things I dislike about this game versus those that I like. If I were to talk about both, you would be reading a small novel right now. The music is fantastic, and the title screen really hits me in the feels, considering it plays the orchestral remix of the main Final Fantasy theme. I actually realized that whenever I was finding music for the game. I could listen to that all day. Like both of you mentioned, the artistry in this game is absolutely beautiful. And I'm not just talking about the aesthetics. Uh, there is some unique cinematography utilized in this game, specifically some of the points of view, camera angles, especially the scene transitions. Uh, for the most part, the voice work is actually very well done, and it's probably one of the better localizations I've experienced, especially for a game this size. As for Fran's vo voice work, that is intentional. You'll find that pretty much all of the Vera race speaks that way. I think it's actually a pretty cool touch because it reminds of it reminds of someone that speaks French at first at, as a first language, struggling with our crude English accents. Uh, going back is a little bit of a reference to the scene uh, transitions. Uh, this one was for the first was one of the first things that really reminded me of the original Star Wars trilogy. In fact, there are a lot about this game that reminds me of the original Star Wars trilogy, as both me of too. you have already mentioned. Uh, Vaughn is a young, blonde, white boy living in a desert town. Since both Vaughn and Pinello's parents were killed in the war two years prior, they are technically orphans and have been taken care of by Miguelo, uh, filling the role of the, the kind uncle. Uh, in comes Sky Pirates Balthier, a.k.a. Han Solo, and his companion Beastoid Fron, a.k.a. Chewbacca, who <laughs> also have a kick-ass airship called the Strahl, a.k.a. the Millennium Falcon. Like you already mentioned, the Empire already looks like stormtroopers and speak with a cockney accent. And what's better than one Darth Vader? How about five Darth Vaders in the form of judges? Balthier is being pursued by the bounty hunter Bogdanman, a.k.a. Boba Fett, and the entire party gets entangled with the resistance against the Empire. As you continue to play through, you'll find even more similarities to Star Wars, but I'll save that to prevent spoilers. What was that, Matt? Nope. That, that's cool. I mean, it, it definitely got a Star Wars vibe, and it's even more obvious when it's laid out like that. Right. One thing to really keep in mind is the fact that there is a lot of characters in this game, most of which you have not even encountered yet. 
Any one of your characters can basically be as a main protagonist. For the most part, you can avoid using Vaughn through most of the game. As Jason previously wrote in and mentioned, the characters outshine the story. However, the characters are also what primarily defines the story. Uh, pay close attention to the dialogue and who has beef with who. Like Game of yep. Thrones, many of these characters will seem friendly to some people, but absolutely despise them when their backs are turned. It can get pretty confusing at some points. Also, there are some plot twists you will see uh, coming a mile away, especially early on, but the most interesting plot twists come later in the game and are almost relayed uh, flippantly through casual dialogue. Huh. Here's a picture of my collector's uh, guide that shows how crazy the character relationships get. I couldn't find the same diagram anywhere online, so I took a picture of it with my phone. He sends a picture of it. Whew. That's that's extensive. Okay. Uh, it's partially oculated. Occluded. Occluded? Occluded. Occluded? Okay. Uh, anyway, I've uh, talked long enough, so I'll leave you with a couple of pointers. Jeez, uh, why didn't I read this email before I played this game? <laughs> Try to get the forgotten grimoires as early as possible. Oh, they shit. Sh they show up in the bazaar at any shop once you've talked to a certain shop owner and checked the bounty board a specific amount of times. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, see, I haven't done that. I haven't done any bounties other than the required one. I did a few bounties. Well, see, I, I think it just says check the bounty board. You just got to check the bounty board? Just, like, click it? That's easy. I've done, I've done that once. Uh, they're expensive, ranging from 18000 to 25000 guild each, but they further maximize the amount and quality of your loot you receive from enemies, meaning you'll make a lot more money in the long run. Good to know. I unlocked all the Grimoires and Rabinaster at the very beginning of the game. Once I got to Lushu Mines in Bergeria, uh, <laughs> I farmed the skeleton-type enemies to maximize my chain to about 100 each time. Exited the mines, sold the loot, bought a Grimoire, and repeated. Once I bought all wow. the, the Grimoires, I farmed the mines a couple more times to buy every Gambit option at the nearby shop. This whole grind session took about two hours, but it is worth it in the long run, trust me. Additionally, it is a good way to level up and farm license points early on. There are a couple of accessories you can get early on that can double your experience or gain license points. If you want to complete uh, any side quest outside of the hunts, you'll probably need to use a guide since they are easily missable. Uh, the side quests come from randomly talking to NPCs, randomly talking to the hundreds of seemingly pointless NPCs at different points of the story progression. Honestly, the NPCs are actually kind of interesting as they will provide further background information on the lore and political situation. But the game is already pretty long, so that is completely optional. Uh, but you'll miss out on some of the espers. I have no idea what an esper is. I don't, I don't really know what you mean by chains. Uh, so yeah, I, I've seen that. I just don't understand how they work. I don't know how they work either. I'm just like, how, how am I supposed to chain attacks when everybody has to sit there and stand and wait and then attack? And yeah. it looks like to get up to a chain of a hundred, it must be through multiple battles, which kind of defeats the point of a chain to me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so sorry for the long email, but I had a lot of ex exposition to provide. My next email will be shorter. I promise. Happy gaming, everyone. Chad. That's good to know, though. I, I didn't do as much prep work before I left Rabinaster as maybe I should have. Uh, he then also sent a follow-up email with the uh, picture, a better picture of the uh, 
of the character board showing how everybody's related to everybody. That's actually pretty sharp. I'll forward mm. that to you, Matt. Yeah, maybe send that over. Uh, next one comes in from Chad again. He's got a new one. This is actually very shorter. It says, uh, I was a little shocked that Drew didn't realize the touchpad brings up the big map. You can also bring up the world map in the menu if you want to get a general idea of which direction you need to go for new areas. Uh, this has also got me thinking of another game. Did you know the touchpad actually has three functions in The Witcher 3? Pressing it, pressing it brings up the main menu. Holding it in directly brings up the min- inventory screen. And swiping it up with your finger immediately brings up the world map. See? <laughs> I told you my next email would be much shorter. <laughs> there you go. Unfortunately, I'm playing uh, The Witcher 3 on Xbox One. I don't have any touchpad. Uh, and I'm playing it on the PC. Mm. I keep touching my screen, but it's not a touch screen. There you go. All right. Next email comes in from Jamie. Says, uh, hi, guys. So I get really emotionally involved with Final Fantasy games. This one is no exception. I really, in- I really should just start writing a fanfic since I've already, <laughs> since I've already created a love triangle between Balthier, Ash, and Bosch. I'm pretty sure that she isn't ending up with either of them. And I love this story because she's a princess who can take care of herself, but still I can't help myself. Bosch might be too old for her, but I don't care. He is quite literally a knight in shining armor and fantasy is bound to that trope. <laughs> that said, Balthier is a, is a pirate. Instant bad boy points. And then she gives a, a smiley face with hearts and for eyes. I mean, he's not, not bad, all the bad boy, though. He's a little dainty for a bad boy, I think. <laughs> okay, I could talk about this all day, but I'll spare you my schoolgirl school girl crush talk. Fanfic coming soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I love the balance of the characters in this game. And as others have mentioned, I enjoy the fact that Vaughn and Pinello, for that matter, are really just people who got swept up in all this. I feel like this game isn't about any one of them, but all of them together. They all have a part to play, which isn't always the case with Final Fantasy. You might argue that Vaughn and Pinello don't have a part, but they are people that Ash wants to rule slash protect, and they have uh, they have been pretty hit hard by the events of the war, resulting in the Imperial rule. It also makes it easier to hop into the game because it's easy to put yourself in Vaughn's shoes. He's a pretty blank slate, and and yet still invested in the story because of his brother. Yeah. He he wants to know what's going on. He want he he wants to get behind whatever Bosch is saying. I see. Here. I I don't find uh, that I have a character I really don't like or that keeps doing stupid things. Nor do I have one I love the best. I kind of like them all for reasons other for some reason or other. Uh, that makes it easier to switch party members depending on the enemies. Some games I'll never have a certain uh, person in my party, like in a Dragon Age. I'd never have Sten in my party because I hated that guy. Similarly, I always had Alistair in my party because I was because my warden was in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I don't have a prob I don't have that problem here. I can have any character composition because they're all good peeps. I do miss the Dragon Age banter though and kind of wish they talked to each other while uh, we traversed on and on and on through these endless maps. Even Yeah. On... We... Go ahead. I would say we do spend a lot of time in somewhat boring dungeons, and it would be much more lively if these characters had banter. Yeah. Even on double speed, it takes forever. Some small talk would be nice. Yep. 
So about- also the the other thing that really helps with the party is how easy it is to change party members in and out. It's another thing I really like about this game. If, if a character dies, you just pop open the menu, swap out their corpse, swap in a, a fresh warm body, and keep going. Yeah, it takes I, it takes two literally two seconds. It's awesome. Yeah, I do like that. I do like. You don't get a game over whenever your main party dies. They're like, okay, we'll switch out your dead party members for the good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I like that because if you remember playing Persona Three, if the main character died in battle, it was game over. Even if yep. you had live party members who could heal you and resurrect you, yep, it was bad. Also, Final Fantasy Thirteen did that too. Yep, if lightning died in combat, game over. Yeah, that's a pain. That's bad. And uh, also, I do like, as I mentioned last last week when we recorded, I really wanted to be able to play a game where I can move the characters around because I want them all to gain experience so that early on, I, I don't want to be stuck to where early on I don't like a character so I don't use them, and then later in the game I can't use them because they're underleveled. In this game, I love how the biggest number on the... On the uh, the menu screen is also their level because I'm finding myself using, for example, Balthier was two or three levels below everybody else. So I just said, all right, I'm popping Bosch out for, for the next half hour or so. I'm going to put Balthier in until he's up with everybody else. And I, you know, it's, it's easy to manipulate who's getting experience and it's easy to see who, who's everybody's level is at. And that whole idea of, my party being bigger than the three people in the fight, my party is all of these people. And it actually feels more like that in this game than uh, certainly in Radiant Historia, but most RPGs, I think. Yeah, most RPGs. There's always that part in the game where you have to play as characters you haven't played with since the beginning of the game, and they're level 15, and you're fighting level 50 bosses. Always happens, and I can't stand it when they do that. Alright, so so about Vayne... I honestly don't know what to think of him. At the beginning, I agreed with you guys. I thought he was probably a good guy put in a bad position. He So he looks to, like a villain, but he really isn't. I'm not so sure about that anymore. And then she puts, don't read this part if you aren't past the minds, which we're past the minds. Once we meet his brother and hear from him that he's such a great person who puts everyone before himself, uh, well, I just thought it was a big setup, uh, setup for a big wake-up call. I think that while Larsa perhaps is a bit naive and he's probably in for a big surprise when it comes to his brother, he'll be a hero and end up as a new emperor. Continue reading. All right. (laughs) As for gameplay, usually by this point, I figured out how to play. I think I'm still trying to figure this thing out. Even having played it once before, I still can't master miss chains. I don't know what a miss chain is. Yeah, I have seen the chains i have not used the chains for any purpose it's called mist chains i don't like i seriously i mean please tell me that this game explains something right no there are a few things that come up i think probably just after where you are within a couple hours okay but yeah there's mist. there's also on the license board i've opened a few things called like quickenings okay that's like your limit breakers right i assume so yeah i haven't actually used them yet but i have um, i have found them in Purchase them with LP. Okay. Let's see here. It says, uh, Miss Change. Although I absolutely remember them, another thing that popped in my brain while playing. Have you ever reread a book and you read, and 
read when you were a kid or watched a movie you saw when you were really young. That's what this feels like. It's familiar and I kind of remember it, but I, but only as it's happening. I've done that plenty of times. Yeah. As much as I like this game, I have a few complaints. I've been trying to fill out my license board, so I've been doing quite a few hunts, and I am slightly annoyed that LP takes so long to build up. Licenses are getting so expensive at this point, and I have to kill 70 to 80 enemies just for one. I remember people talking about this being a grind fest, and I honestly didn't believe, and I honestly didn't believe it. I do now. It would be nice if the enemies provided more LP as you level up and progress in the game. Also, I took some level 2 hunts, and those battles are brutal. Uh, you get 98% through a fight with no problems, and then all of a sudden the enemy will hit my tank twice and take them out. I went through so many Phoenix Downs and High Potions on the last fight. It totally wasn't worth the cost, but damn it, I took that hunt, and I'm going to finish it. <laughs> I pretty much uh, used physical attacks through everything because I can't afford to fill out all the magic licenses. <laughs> I'm working on getting my mages filled out, but it's, ta it's taking forever. I think I'm going to watch a few videos to work on quickenings and summons, because I'm pretty sure I'm doing it wrong. And I think I also need to work on techniques, but again, I'm going to have to fill out my licenses, and that'll take me a while. Either way, it seems like I can handle the main story bosses just fine. It's only uh, when I do hunts that I have issues. I've done about 10 hunts now, so I'll probably hop back into the main story. I'm starting to think I finished this game, but I guess I'm going to have to keep playing to find out. I really enjoy it, though, so I'm okay with that. Can you guys play another Final Fantasy game sometime? I love these games so much. Jamie. Thank you for that email, Jamie. Yep. I, I would certainly love to play another one at some point, because this... This one I'm familiar with. I'd, I'd be curious if we do another one to do, like, an old-school one. How old school are we talking here? Four, five, or six, maybe? I have played five. I couldn't even tell you what happens in that game. I can't remember it. Four is really good because it is... The characters in that game are great. Uh, so I've heard. Yeah. Uh, it, every, I've always thought his name was Cecil, but it's actually pronounced Cecil. <laughs> is the main character and his uh his partner in crime uh Kane is awesome. Kane is a dragoon, he is like a a dark knight. Uh, uh both of them are dark knights. They were villains originally or they 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 thought they were doing good, but then they did something really bad and realized they're villains and so they changed their ways and it is a fantastic tale of redemption. That is a great game. Uh, Final Fantasy VI. People hold that game in such high regards. I thought it was okay. Um, I couldn't tell you what happened in five. I like that, that's <laughs> the that's the one I like. I don't even remember the main character of that game. Anyway, now the next email and the last email comes in from Daniel. And it says, Drew and Matt, I don't have much to add in regards to personal experiences of playing the game, but I just wanted to say first and foremost that I am so glad you guys chose to do Final Fantasy XII. I have only vague memories of playing it on the PS2, 
At the time it was released, uh, I had been up to that point primarily a Nintendo kid, and I had only recently branched out to Sony territory with the PlayStation 2 to play some of the standout exclusives, such as Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, and Shadow of the Colossus. Those are good ones. <laughs> I remember thinking that Final Fantasy XII's art style and premise sounded so cool. I had never yep. played a Final Fantasy game prior to this uh, due to never owning a Sony console and loved the idea of exploring a semi-open world on an epic sci-fi fantasy journey. Sadly, all I can recall about the, about my time with Final Fantasy XII was that I had enjoyed the character setting and story but had ended up getting stuck very early on uh, what I believe were the sewers. Am I thinking of the right game at that uh, at the time, I don't think I got the whole RPG grinding to level up thing, and as a result, ended up reluctantly quitting the game and soon trading it in for something else. Ever since the Zodiac Age released, I have often found myself on the watch for a deep sell. I hope to eventually pick it up to try and redeem myself. I believe that since my first time of playing it, my many years of gaming and learning the ins and outs of RPGs have prepared me for it a bit. But I, uh, for some reason, have still, still have this silly belief that somehow Final Fantasy XII will always be the unbeatable to me. <laughs> you white whale. <laughs> this is why I ultimately, this is why I'm ultimately so glad that you guys are going to play through and talk about the game at length. If for some reason I never end up facing my irrational fears, as I aforementioned, uh, I'll at least get uh, solace. Uh, take solace in being able to vicariously experience it through your podcast. Sincerely, Daniel. Thank you for that email, Daniel. And let me tell you this. I'll be the first to tell you that I have played so many games that I didn't think I would ever be able to beat. They're too long, or I don't get the systems, or I think they're too difficult. But any game is beatable. It took us seven years. But we beat Xenogears. And if I can make it to the end of Dark Souls, anybody can beat any game, I think. Bingo. Matt and I both, well, I beat <laughs> Dark Souls. Matt, I, I worded that very specifically. <laughs> Matt got to the very end of that game and to the final boss even. Yep. And, um, and uh, well, some bad things happened, unfortunately. But, yeah, no, trust me. It's That's w one of the great things that I enjoy about Phoenix Down is that we haven't really abandoned the game. I mean, though, yeah, we did we did a couple of them. Um, we did, uh, what did we do? We did, we, we did Xenogears, but we came back and finished that. It took some time with that one. We did, we did abandon a couple of games on Zombie Frog Game Club. This, that was the podcast prior to Phoenix Down. God, back in like what? Deus Ex. I'm sorry, Deus Ex. Deus Ex. The original Deus Ex. It's just, it, it was too old. It was, it was one of those games where like, I can't play this game anymore. I physically can't play this game anymore. Like I'm sure if I sat down and beat my head against the wall, dude, I'll tell you a game I never thought I would be able to beat was Stalker. Yeah. I beat Stalker. I, I never ever would have beat that if we hadn't played it for Phoenix Down. Yeah. No, I would have gained. Or up. Zombie Frog. Yeah, I would have gained. No, it was, that was Phoenix Down. Like Stalker, I, I was like, I'll never beat this game. And, but yeah. I, I did. Man, I did. Uh, that, that, trust me, there's, there's games out there that, that seem impossible, but you can't actually beat them. Final Fantasy 12, I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm weary, but yeah, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be a long trek, but we can do it. You know, it's, it, it's sit around, grind some, man. That's all you got to do. Anyway, 
thank you all for that, those emails, uh, and keep them coming. I definitely want to hear your guys' thoughts on Final Fantasy twelve and future games or anything like that. Suggest some games to us. Um, I know we got the, the next few games kind of on lockdown. Um, but Final Fantasy twelve is going to be with us for a few, at least another month. Yeah, if I don't mention it next week, remind me. I want to talk about grinding. Okay. Do you want to talk about it now? Uh, no, because you haven't gotten to to the point that I wanted to okay. make make a point about. Gotcha. All right. Well, we'll save that for next week then. Uh, if you would like to send us an email, it's drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can uh, talk to us about anything. It doesn't have to be about Final Fantasy twelve. You can just bring up whatever. Uh, talk about grinding if you want. In fact, yeah, since next week we're going to be talking about grinding, I want people to email us on your thoughts on grinding. Do you like it? What's your favorite part about it? Uh, what games implement it well? What games implement it very badly? Give us your thoughts. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, yeah, that's it. We are done. Got a got relatively farther, I think. I probably put about four hours, five hours in. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good about this game. I think I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna be enjoying this one. Yeah, I, there's already enough meat on it. I'm going to enjoy it. I don't know if it's just gonna be a good game or a great game yet, though. That's that's a that's a very good. Analogy. I don't even know if that's an analogy. That's a good example. A good... A good saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting tired, so... We, uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, until next time, I am Drew. And I am Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week. We'll be back next week with the continuation of Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age. Mm-hmm.